Wake up with Patty Catter. I love the show. I never miss an episode. It's the best. I turn it on and turn it up. Hello, everybody. You're listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter, and I am your hostess today, as always, Patty Catter. Today, I have Mallory Nicole with me on the show today, and I'm really happy to have her on. She has an extensive background in helping businesses. Um, But before we go into that, Mallory, I would love it if you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, how you grew up, and then we'll take it from there. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. So in my work right now, I help business owners and CEOs understand their personal growth blocks that are really creating day-to-day business problems. And we can get more into that in a little while. But prior to that, I worked for an engineering firm and I worked more in the science field. I worked in a lab and did a whole bunch of stuff just more with my left brain, (laughs) I would say. And I've experienced a a lot of different overcoming challenges in my life. So it's a great show to be on to talk about Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Well, that's exciting. So where did you grow up when you were a kid? I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina. And right now I've actually come full circle. So I live about 30 minutes north of Charlotte on Lake Norman, but I had a about a 10 year period where I lived in um, Seattle, Wilmington, North Carolina, uh, Charleston, South Carolina, Miami. I lived in multiple multiple different places, but now I've full circled and I'm back in North Carolina. Oh my goodness. I used to love going to Wilmington. So we were, we lived in Rayford, North Carolina for a while while my husband was in the military and we would go to Wilmington. And then I was just talking to a friend who has family in Charlotte. So, um, I love the Carolinas. It's gorgeous. Awesome. It yeah. is gorgeous here. Yeah. So um, would you say you had a pretty normal childhood or it sounds like you, you moved around a little bit? Yeah. All the moving around was between my late uh, teens and thirties, I guess, really. So it was more in my, in my twenties, my childhood, I was raised in Charlotte and it was pretty normal, I guess you could say, but I was homeschooled for a period of time, which I know to some that's becoming more normal. I think a lot of families are facing that right now, deciding whether or not they should homeschool their kids with everything that's going on. Um, But I guess at the time, it wasn't very normal. Homeschooling was a little bit different. Uh, But other than that, yeah, I grew up with a pretty normal childhood. Mm -hmm. You know, my uh, old piano teacher and choir teacher lives in Charlotte. And um, was very involved in the homeschool community. So we'll have to talk some more later. I bet you we know some people maybe Um, because homeschooling back then is like you said, a lot different than it is now. Um, Probably not as many computer programs for sure. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely not. Books, pen and paper. Mm -hmm. Uh, So um, now you, on your website, it says that you had a head injury. Could you explain what happened and how, you know, that must have been really challenging for you. Yeah, when I was 21, I got in a bicycle accident. And basically, what happened was I had internal bleeding in my brain, and ended up having to go to the ICU for about a week. And they were 
testing to make sure that the bleeding was going to stop. It was on the, on the line and on the fence of whether or not they were going to have to go in and do surgery. And eventually the bleeding stopped and dissipated. And it was a very long recovery after that. And the strange thing about brain injuries is that, you know, if you break your arm, you can, you can feel it and you can see your arm and you know, Hey, my arm is broken. I need to go to the hospital. But when you mess up your brain and when something's going on in your brain, you're a lot of times you're really not aware of it. You don't actually know that you're not processing information the way that maybe you were yesterday prior to the injury. And that's something that I experienced as far as the recovery is concerned. It lasted a long time and I thought I was okay. And turns out even six to eight weeks later, I I went to go get some cognitive testing done and I was not okay. So my okay and what really was my prior brain injury, the way that I was functioning were two very different worlds. Uh, And it took a, a long time to recover. And there was a lot of acceptance that I had to go through in that time too, you know, having a doctor look at you and just say, we don't know when you're going to get better. And we're not sure if you're going to, I I still remember that moment being in his office and just thinking like, no, this is not, this is not the end for me. This is not, you know, where my life, what's destined to be my life. I know there's more, I know I'm going to be all right, but it was very, very challenging. Mm-hmm. Now, do you still have residuals of brain injury? I know some people with brain injury still have, you know, they have short-term memory problems for a long time, if not the rest of their lives, or have you learned, you know, what do you have? And then we'll go from mm-hmm. there too. Yeah, it's been almost 10 years and I'm free and clear at this point, but up until about, I'd say three to five years afterwards, I still was dealing with headaches. Um, The headaches for me, which, you know, that's a very common symptom of somebody that has had a brain injury. They didn't go away for a long time. And during the recovery process and right thereafter, it was every single night, every single day, just excruciating pain. I mean, I remember laying on the bathroom floor, just crying, like, Mm -hmm. and is this going to stop? Um, and those intense headaches did last, they lasted for quite a few years. I was in and out of the doctor going back even two years later, like what's wrong with me? What is going on? And it is just one of those, you know, I hate to say it this way, but it's just one of those things when you're, when you're recovered, you're recovered. And when you're not, you're not And the body takes time to heal. And it was a very long healing process. Mm -hmm. Now, what would you say to people who may be at the beginning stages of their head injury, because I I've heard it's very, very confusing. And, um, I've witnessed as a caregiver, the client or the patient being very confused, sometimes very, very frustrated, um, because they can't quite wrap their head around it. So, um, I know that those that I've worked with in the military veteran community or my husband, even, um, they've said that the, the biggest thing that really bothered them was, um, not being able to fix themselves. They knew something wasn't right, but they couldn't really pinpoint it and they couldn't understand it. Um, So what kind of words do you have for them? Yeah, you know, it really just throws you for an emotional roller coaster. And I remember trying to research and and study that in in the process of the healing there about four to five weeks after, because it was as if my emotions were just all over the place. And I remember not being able to sleep, which is really bizarre, but I would be up like four or five o'clock in the morning, wide awake, not able to sleep and just getting so frustrated with myself. Like I should be able to sleep. Why am I not able to sleep? And I think the word that really comes to mind is just grace, because when you 
when you have something like a head injury, they really just can't tell you exactly what's going to happen or when it's going to happen or the time frame that it's going to happen on. And it's the worst thing you can do is just to, to sit and sulk in the frustration about it. You know, it's important to feel our emotions and to feel the frustration through it, but to identify ourselves as completely being limited and stuck to that reality, it's so important not to go there. Because as soon as we accept that as our reality, we really limit ourselves. We limit ourselves for even the opportunity of thinking that we'll be able to heal. And that can get quite depressing. And that's something that I know a lot of people that go through these injuries struggle with because there are a lot of emotions that come up. And it's so important just to address it and feel it and understand, you know, it's okay to be frustrated and it's okay to feel sad about this, but we've got to move through it. Otherwise, we just find ourselves in this this box almost. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, I was in the room one time when a neurologist told my husband that he would be getting worse over the next five years. And in fact, he sees him going into a vegetative state eventually. This was in 2008, I believe it was. And as soon as we heard that, I don't know if that neurologist realized how um, much of a rebel I can be, but I was like, oh no, that is not going to happen. Um, so I think that one of the things that you mentioned is you were not going to, um, take that doctor's word and you were just going to go ahead and just keep pushing forward. You weren't going to just, um, listen and, you know, um, be afraid of the unknown. You were going to help yourself get better and keep trying. I like that. You know, I think it's really similar to things like the stock market or like the recession or or things that are happening right now. That might be the majority of people, but you still get to decide what is right for you and your life. And maybe the doctor is supposed to tell you worst case scenario. That way, anything higher than that, they've done their job, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they don't know, you know, they don't know exactly what your future is going to look like. That's not actually in their hands. And as much as they're doing their job, I think it's important sometimes for us to remember that they only spend like 45 minutes with us a couple times that they don't get to decide forever what our reality might be just because of that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that you went on to do is create your own business. And this was after your head injury, correct? Yes, but I did have a period of time. It wasn't directly right after. I did have a a period of time of working for a couple different companies in the engineering field before I started my business. And how was that for you during that transition, just um, going from having that head injury to even working for somebody else? That's a whole nother can of worms, I think, sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So right after the head injury, I I was actually in college when this happened. So I had <laughs> ironically 15 credits left and I was on my last semester of school when this all happened. So basically I had to take a year off uh, and put everything aside and then return to it later. And in that year after healing, I did end up spending some time traveling. I moved to New Zealand for a little while and just took a break and then came back and finished school, started working for some companies and working in the engineering firm was, you know, it was really phenomenal. I learned a lot. The transition from working for someone to starting my business for me never was the story that you hear so often of, I hated, you know, I hated my job and I decided to jump off cliff and start a business. And it was the best thing I ever did. For me, it wasn't like that. Um, I actually had another 
kind of traumatic experience later on in, in my later 20s. And I had a health problem and that really opened up my eyes to the world of health and wellness. And I started learning about health in a way I hadn't before and decided to go on and get a health coaching certification. And that's what led me into the world of coaching. I had no idea that any of this stuff even existed prior to that. Wow. You know, I think health is so important right now as well. Our immune system needs to be really strong with the different things that are going on um, with COVID-19 and all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. Now, what made you decide to start your own business then coaching? You basically are business coach. Is that correct? Yeah. So what I help people do is understand the mindset blocks that are really preventing or stopping them from growing in their business, making more money, feeling the way that they want to feel, not feeling so stressed out because running a business is, it's a lot, you know, there's a lot on, on your plate when you're wearing all the hats and really stepping into the leadership role of growing that business and having more people come in there that you're hiring. It requires a different skill and a different level of leadership than the very beginning of that stage of just getting started. So that's really what I help people do now. Mm -hmm. So um, one question I do have for you, Um, I'm looking for free advice here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I read uh, another business coach's um, status on Facebook this morning, and it said something like, um, don't multitask for the next week. And I thought that's really interesting because think that my whole adulthood has been focused on multitasking. Um, but I have been feeling really overwhelmed lately. And so when I read that, I thought that's kind of a, to me, I thought it was a good idea. Um, what is your thought on that? Yeah. So our brain doesn't actually know how to multitask. We think we do, but we don't, we can only focus on one thing at a time. So I'm a big believer in block scheduling. Like today, for example, today is my podcast day. Today I've got, you know, you and I are talking. I've got someone else that I'm doing a podcast with. I'm doing a podcast interview. I've got all of my podcast stuff today in the next five hour span. And then tomorrow I've got client day. I've got seven hours just on client calls. So I'm a big believer in scheduling things kind of in these chunks of space, because for me, that transition period, if I were to do a podcast and a client call, then admin work, then finances, I mean, my head would just be all over the place. And I know at the end of the day, I would still have those loose ends of feeling a little bit unproductive. So I really, really think there's a lot of benefit into almost giving our days of a week a theme. That kind of work has been working really well for me over the last couple of years. Monday means something. Tuesday means something else. Wednesday means something else. It's a good way to filter out our hours. Mm-hmm. I do like that. I actually had to do that with my husband's doctor's appointments. They were all over the place. I, I mean, one on Monday morning, one on Monday afternoon, one on Tuesday. one, And I never had a day to myself at all. Um, so I did that and we still have a pretty good schedule and rhythm with that. But um, my podcast, I record on Tuesdays and Fridays, but it was just like the little things that started building up um, that were getting a little bit out of control. The emails, always um, thinking that you have to grab that phone as soon as the text message goes off, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm going to scale back and see what happens over the next week to just kind of try to unclutter my brain and my (laughs) space. (laughs) 
Yeah, absolutely. And turning those notifications off on certain apps has been really beneficial for me too. Like my Facebook app now, notifications off. I see what I see when I log in. But other than that, I don't know what's going on in that world until I open it up. Yeah, me too. I love that feature. In fact, I I thought I was doing myself a favor and I deleted the app the other day, but then I just, I found out that you can't use the Instagram ads unless you have your Facebook connected. <laughs> so there's always a, a little... Uh, something that will try to drag drag you into that phone. <laughs> uh, so what would you tell business owners who may have some chaos in their lives then and they need to contact you, for instance, because I think that it would be really great to have a couple sessions with you myself, actually. Um, how would people reach you and where can they find your website, your social media? Yeah, they could, the easiest way to get to my website, name Mallory is not the easiest uh, name to spell in the world, but abundantlyclearpodcast.com will take you to the back end of my website. And what I do when I start working with people is I always take them through what's called a blind spot assessment. And that's really to help people understand, you know, do you have personal growth? issues that are showing up that are blocking you from business success? Or is it more a marketing and systems thing? Because there are different worlds of business. And I think sometimes people, when they're feeling overwhelmed, they don't even know how to address it. It's like trying to figure out even that next step sometimes can feel a little daunting and overwhelming. So really understanding and identifying if somebody does have blocks, if somebody actually has blocks in their subconscious and the way that they're processing information that are creating more chaos and stress in their life, then that's really what I can help them understand and take them through that transformational experience of working through those things. And the blind spot assessment is created to help really identify specifically those people that I can best help. Mm -hmm. And what is your podcast about? Yeah, so my podcast is all about mindset for business owners and entrepreneurs. So I uh, interview a lot of very high-end business owners that have created really, really massive companies and just understanding more of their personal experiences through what that was like and how they really experienced leadership. I'm a big fan of leadership. I think with leadership, you have to use a lot of soft skills that you don't have to use when you're first getting started in a business and really helping understand those things and helping clients understand how to do that as well. So taking people that have started massive, massive companies companies and learning the ins and outs of their personal growth journey through that and sharing those stories on the show as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, and again, your social media, could you say that again for our listeners? Oh yeah. Social media. So I've actually been um, on a little bit of a social media detox, I guess, really, which was uh, just something that I needed this summer with everything that's been kind of going on. I just needed to kind of tune out a little bit. I've been spending way more time um, just in podcasts and doing emails, but you can find me on Facebook, Instagram. I really just use for more personal play, but I am on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Okay. And for those listening, if you do not know how to access a podcast, because you might be listening on the radio right now, then you can go on your Play Store, if you have Google, if you have an Android, you go to Google Play and you can download any of the apps like um, there's Spotify. And if you have an Apple phone, you have IT or uh, you have, what is that? <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I use Spotify most of the time, um, but you can look at a, an array of podcast players. And Mallory, I know you must be on all major podcast platforms as well. Um, is that yes. correct? Yes, absolutely. You're, you're awesome. right. 
Awesome. So it's really easy to download an app to listen to podcasts. Um, for those who might not know a lot about it, just go um, look in your app store on your phone and search podcast players and you'll find one and then look up Mallory's show and definitely look up my show. Um, we're also going to have the links in the um, description of the show. If you go to Patty Catter, P-A-T-T-I-K-A-T-T-E-R.com, I'll have all of Mallory's links on my website as well and on my social media. Um, Mallory, is there anything else that you would like to tell our listeners? Um, you know, I really just love the concept that all of us really have the possibility to stretch our bounds of thinking, whether, you know, that is something a doctor's told you, whether a boss told you, your parents told you, really just to question why you think what you think about the reality that you have, because there's so much out there for you. And there's so much that you have the ability to receive. And it's only up to us to decide that for ourselves. If we are really open and ready to experience that next level of transformation in our life that we want. I do love that because how many times do we have that imposter syndrome, right? And um, you might have somebody have told you something negative and you don't have to listen to that. Mallory has some amazing advice. So definitely check her out on social media and I'll um, share her website on my website. So um, thank you, Mallory, for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to listening to some of your podcasts and to getting to know you better. So thank you. Thank you for having me on. It was great to talk with you. Thank you. And thank you everybody for listening. Until next time, have a great day. Thank you for listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Follow Patty at Patty Catter on Facebook and Instagram. Get social. You can now watch Wake Up with Patty Catter on Amazon TV and Roku. It's the only podcast I listen to. Be sure to check out Patty's apparel line, The Patriotic Mermaid at thepatrioticmermaid.com and on social media at The Patriotic Mermaid. I love it. Special thanks to Patty's content creator, Alina. Alicia Thompson. Thanks for all that you do. Visit ThompsonCreate.com for all your marketing and design inquiries. 